Hello, and welcome to the Communication Solution Podcast. Today, we've got Casey Jackson on the line, John Gilbert, and I'm Tammy. Here at IFIOC, we love to talk communication. We love to talk motivational interviewing, and we love talking about improving outcomes for individuals, organizations, and the communities that they serve. Welcome to the conversation. You are listening to a two-part podcast. Hello, hello again. We have a super special guest today. Not that other guests aren't special, but we just really uh, love this individual that we have today. His name is Curtis Robinson, and welcome, Kurt. Morning. Morning. (laughs) And uh, we will be diving in into possibly a lot of different areas today, as we were just talking about. Casey was helping us put up some guardrails, but we are open to going into lots of places, lots of possibilities with you today. And I know that it might be helpful to just start for us to be oriented, Kurt, to what's your background? Where do you come from? You can, uh, you know, talk about as much or as little as you want, but just your background and how motivational interviewing has come to fit into that and just how you have come to be into what you do and what it is that you do. And some some background would just be really helpful, whatever you feel you, you would like to share. Okay. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Great to see you all again and great to see the great to be in the virtual space that we're in right now. So greetings to everyone that's checking this out today. You know, when, when you talk about keeping the guardrails up, uh, you know, just my story in itself is just, you know, a whole, whole thing. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I know nothing. Yeah. I know nothing. So I, I self, well, first off, let me self-identify. So Curtis Robinson, I identify as BIPOC, he, him, his. Uh, So black indigenous person of color with male pronouns. And I currently, I mean, the, the, the short thing is, is I'm, I have dedicated my life to being a, a, a cultural change agent. Right. And, uh, a cultural change agent. I love that. That just came out this morning, <laughs> but you know, I mean, but you know, and, and, and it really is, it's about, you know, really taking a very serious look at where our human family is at, where our American system is at and doing everything I can to dedicate my, my current human experience to shifting that to where my, every part of my consciousness and every part of my conscience tells me it needs to be and just so you know i have a training pillar right here for my chihuahua that gets me really excited love it a brother was telling me the other day he was saying yeah that's your dog said yeah that's right curtis tell him so i come from a very traumatic human experience as an individual and i've done a lot of different things in life as far as work so just so you know i'm pushing 60 as a human being. And so I have that life experience coming into space with on a daily basis, last time I checked. And that, so with that comes a lot of, uh, a lot of different sections to where I've had the wonderful and terrible opportunity to heal from a lot of stuff that's occurred in my experience and, and not all of it self, self implemented, right? At some point in time, there was a, there was a, there was a place to where I, from being exposed to things that I had no control over to where it was just automatic pilot kicking in because of the exposure I had up to that period. Right. And the training that I had as a human being, be cool. And, um, (laughs) and that what, what I 
what I eventually came to realize was that, you know, not only do I, do I, do I need to heal from all the things that happened, but I have a more and cognitive and emotional and spiritual responsibility to do so because regardless of how my life had started, I have, I'm engaged with other human beings on this planet and I have children and I have a responsibility to everyone and, and to myself to make sure that I figure out a way as my, as my native uncles would say, a way to do this, right. And find the way to do this, the healthy way. And so that's what I've dedicated my life to doing. And so the phase that I'm in right now as a human being is after coming out of a fire career, um, I, uh, uh, came into this work here in Spokane where I had a spiritual experience on the mountain. Right. And it really is one of those, it's a cliche, right? So Curtis, yes, you're right about all the stuff that's happened, but all you're doing is sitting up here at the top of the mountain, complaining about what's happened, go down and do something about it. And so that's, that's how I came into Spokane and got involved in a lot of social justice work, primarily through the uh, channel of drug and alcohol recovery. I'm coming up on my 18 years in January 1st. And Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, interesting, right? They talk about recovery being a journey. I, I was talking to a brother the other day that started out at the same time I did, and I would have 30 years if I hadn't relapsed. So that's how that's the journey, right? That's a journey. Yeah. And so, but so grateful for the 18 years. Yet here's where I'm trying to go with this is that when I got into it and I came into it through that section, I started seeing things and I'm like, what is this that I'm seeing and what happened? And then that started my uh, invitation to uh, start unpacking a lot of the internalized stuff that, and the baggage and the trauma that I was carrying around into all of the engagements while trying to figure out a way to stop or at least have an impact on the harm that I knew that was occurring. And then to come to the realization that, hey, I was actually perpetuating some of that, wow. right? And just by not unpacking the stuff that I was carrying around with me. And so coming to terms with that as a human being and then realizing that the foundational place that I needed to operate from now in life was to be that change agent and to impact the culture in a way that at least whatever happens, if I... If I get called home tomorrow, I know that I did beyond what, what I thought I could do, yes. right? And to really come up against that, encounter that, 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 that place within myself and that place within my human experience and go, okay, here's my limiter, right? And then to turn around and look at that limiter and go, okay, I've been trained to have that limit by the very culture I'm trying to address. Yes. Wow. Right? That's and go, powerful. okay. Yeah, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna push through that. I'm gonna process what that limit is about, and do everything I can uh, to transcend that. And so that's what my experience has been about. So that's led me into a bunch of different fields um, where I've encountered an, another section to where many people were coming into it like me that weren't even conscious of the fact that they had these these internal barriers operating in them, but were were trying to do something meaningful to implement change, yet not willing to address the change that needed to happen within them. Mm -hmm. And so that led to the social justice stuff, the Spokane NAACP, Revive Center for Returning Citizens. I did the time, Better Health Together. I mean, when you look at my email, I've got a paragraph under it because I'm just, you know, I've just sold out in the work. And that's what led me to an encounter uh, with you all, the great team of IFIOC, and really uh, getting exposed to how to 
uh, not just understand and get like an informational download about motivational interviewing, but how to implement it and the core value of doing so, the humanistic value of doing so, the loving yes. Yes. value of doing so. Yes. Yeah, the, the, my first memory of my encounter with Curtis, I was doing a training, you know, at IFI, actually at, at IFIOC, and Curtis was kind of in and out of the back of the room, you know, and I had no idea who he was because the context didn't quite fit either. I think it might have been law enforcement. And so, and Curtis doesn't look when he came in the room, like he was part of law enforcement. So, and he, and he met, was meant to be there. I mean, I just, yeah, he was meant to be there. And he came up near the end of the training and said, brother, you and I have some work to do. And then he turned around and walked out. And I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to see him again. I don't know what that was about, but I am totally intrigued. And then came to the, the second day of the training and, and introduced himself. And we t talked a bit and and I started getting oriented and I could just feel in my bones, I could feel in my soul that not only was he making a difference, everything that Curtis just talked about with who he is and, and what brings him to this moment right now, I I picked up a lot of that in our conversation and just thought, wow, this is wherever he's going, he's making a difference. And I, the fact that I've been invited on, you know, just a part of that journey with him has been amazing to me. Yeah, thanks for that. And so, you know, with in my in my encounter with Casey and in the work that uh, he's doing and the work that you are doing and John and now you, Tammy, you know, what I what I've continued to what I continue to move through is like, hey, you know, everybody's in process in this, right? It's not whether we're in process, it's are we cognitive of the process and are we using humanistic loving tools to go ahead and deconstruct the the toxicity that we've all been exposed to and then turn around and dispense that from that from that loving foundation which is the thing that for me motivational interviewing really just kind of sets sets the the the, the foundation for and the direction for because i'm not going to turn around and go to somebody and tell them what they need to do I'm, I'm there to help be a good steward and whatever it is that they determine that they need to do and to, to, to do the best that I can to help them feel loved and understood and cared for and heard and validated, right? And, and the other piece about that, and this is the real interesting part, this is some of the stuff that, and here's the, you know, I know you're holding the guardrail space. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, you know, it's like this, this journey is, it's, it's this thing. And, and I, and I love this, you know, and I really caught this the last time you did this Casey, which was, you know, about three sessions ago was, uh, you know, doing this in tandem, yeah. right. Is that this work has to happen internally and externally simultaneously, you know, and yeah. continue, you know? And so as I'm, as I'm engaging with whatever aspect of our human family that I am, everything from the political aspect to law enforcement, to justice involved populations, coming at it from a trauma informed perspective, implementing and coming from the foundation of motivational interviewing in this, that I've also encountered that I'm part of the process too. Am I coming from that place of equipoise and self-awareness at this, at, yet at the same time, deconstructing what's been saturated through historically throughout this American system uh, is that 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 principle those or those those principles used in error of white supremacy yes. right so how do I be self-aware yet not be self-centered yes 
I, Tammy, I've got to share this because it's gonna, this is where we're going to start to go. I, I don't know if I'll keep the guardrails on at this point, but so I get it. I get, you know, an email. Chris and I have had exchanges before and, and, and connection. And, and then he reaches out and says, Hey, you know, would you be willing to do part of this week long thing that I do? Would you be willing to come in and talk a little bit about MI? And I, of course, say, sure. I'm more than willing to do that. And because my natural cadence is I'm always working with professionals. You know, I'm always, it's always an organization or an agency that calls and says, Hey, train our workforce. I mean, that's, that's, those are the calls that I get. So that was just my modality in my brain, you know, and that was my modality in my brain when I showed up for what Kurt had asked me to come and show up for. <laughs> and it was a transformative day for me. I ended up posting about it. I I've thought about it. I can't countless times since it, since it happened, but I show up and this is a room with beautiful, formerly incarcerated individuals. This was not, I literally had opened my PowerPoint up and was ready to do my MI presentation. And when Curtis came up and did the introductions and kind of laid the groundwork and set the space for activity, what was going to happen, my brain just started to pop going, oh my gosh, this is not what I had this was not where my mindset was when I walked into this room and this, and what I'm going to, was going to teach on paper was not what was needed with the group that I was working with. And I literally, every time that I've had conversations with Curtis, especially in this particular setting with formerly incarcerated, I, I just kind of stare in awe because it, it, I am, I am so profoundly aware how ignorant I am when I listen to Curtis talk, like I'm just so profoundly ignorant mm -hmm. about cultural awareness. And Amen. I, I want to step up and I want to be present. I want to, it's all of the things that we talk about with, you know, with supremacy and power and privilege and, and the general way in which Curtis says things, it makes me want to be a better person. And what transpired in that during that day, and I remember this was a extremely hot day in Spokane. I mean, I'm talking it was well over 100 degrees. I, I remember this. The room was fine, but what I remember about it is something transpired, and there were multiple moments where Curtis stepped into the dialogue, and it was like kind of the blue angels flying in and out of each other, very close and very powerful, and and I was part of that experience. And transformation was happening in that room. We, he set the table for looking at systems of abuse. And when I was looking at motivational learning from this humanistic perspective, it was fast. One of the things that happened to me that was just profound for me, because it is, there is a tightrope that you're walking and, and, and Kurt does it just masterfully. Yes. And of, of honoring a person's experience if they've been incarcerated and now they're in a situation where they're either houseless or foodless or transportationless. Like there's just, there's things that are missed. They're just tumblers are not always falling into place for these individuals. Right. And, and you can talk in a way that could come across condescending or unaware when you're talking about empowerment to an individual who doesn't have food tonight or a place to sleep tonight. Yeah. But what ended up happening is this level of dialogue and empowerment. We talked about focus mountain. Like I draw clearly what I did is I just shut my laptop off because I thought this is not going to work. A because they'd rather get some sleep if the lights are going to go off than listen to this guy that has no relationship to their reality. And I did pull up focus mountain and we started talking and we got into systems of abuse and that, that the systems need their bodies 
to chew on to keep the system alive. And they could feel that. Like they, there was no argument around that. But like Curtis had shared with his own story, what we got into was also you have a choice to generate resistance and discord or not. That doesn't negate the system has targeted you for very specific reasons. It also doesn't negate you have behaviors that are not in line with what your deeper values are. Right. And there's no judgment on either side of that. It is just an accurate clean, non-judgmental assessment, what would you like to do with these facts? Yeah. And and that was just, it was a very profound moment. And and I would say the vast majority, if not everybody in that room, there was a moment of silence where there's kind of this aha moment. And, and what we got into is your probation officer, your parole officer has no control over you and your behavior. You have, you can get pissed and go in there and say, they're setting me up. They want me to fail. They're just giving me violations left and right. And it's like, but they're not doing that in a vacuum based in thin air. You are interacting and making decisions in your life. And, it, and it's not right or wrong. You have lots of reasons why you make decisions that, that the PO may have no con- comprehension of why you're making decisions. It doesn't negate your decisions either. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make you more accountable. It doesn't make you less accountable. The only person you're accountable to is to yourself. But if you keep if you continue with this narrative, the system will continue to consume you. So if you want to bitch about the system that's consuming you, keep doing what you're doing. If you yeah. want to disempower the system, maybe do things differently. And this was not a sermon by any stretch. This was just kind of the message that was coming out in collaboration as, as a group. This was, this was a dialogue. It, it, it wasn't a sermon. And, and But this was kind of the, the meta message that was coming out. And to see light bulbs clicking on of being tired of being part of the system and realizing their approach to the system was feeding the system Mm -hmm. and to have kind of a collective consciousness around that was profound. I was so impacted and transformed by that. I had several people that I knew were on the edge in that room. One came up to me at a break and sat next to me. He's one that I actually asked if I could take a picture of just his hands and his his legs where he's sitting. And he said that was fine because the story he shared with me was just so moving. And he talked about several people that he killed and kind of the, the relationships that he'd had. And But there is a deeper calling inside of him that it's just like, it's just not who I am. It's just, it's not where I want to be. It's not who I want to be. But I don't know if anybody will ever give me a chance. And it's like, you know, what we got into is, yes. And the system is set up against you and you're the only person that needs to give you a chance because all it is, it really truly is like a recovery perspective. There is a one day at a time perspective is you have control over where you put your foot right this minute. You can put one foot in front of you. That is all you have control over, Mm -hmm. but you have to have a clear vision of what the top of the mountain is for you. And that's, that's where the MI piece of it came in in terms of is your behavior in alignment with your values? And, and the system is set up to keep you distracted and focused outside of yourself. Ad nauseum. It's yeah. set up to have you focused and blame everything outside of yourself. Not because you're a bad person, because the system sets up to have you focused outside of yourself. Yeah. You have capacity to focus inside of yourself and make a decision. Where do I want to put this foot today? Because that's what you have control over is where I'm going to put this foot today. And, and when the day wrapped up, I still remember this. I like... <laughs> This vision is always going to be emblazoned in my brain. It was so flipping hot outside. So when I opened my car, like you could see fumes come out of the car because it was so hot. 
and I left and I left both doors open. And I remember sitting in the car and it was in the car is probably well over 110 degrees. And I just remember holding the steering wheel and just staring at my hands going, what the hell just happened? Like I couldn't even, I didn't start the car for probably at least a solid 10 to 15 minutes because just staring at the steering wheel going, what just happened? Like mm-hmm. what, what I drove in this car and showed up today was not what transpired over the course of the, you know, six hours that I've been here. And that to me was transformative. And it set me up for the next time I got to interact with um, the folks that Curtis provides support for and guidance for to listen more to Curtis. And that's where I became even more aware of my ignorance and, and lack of understanding and this craving to understand how am I part of the problem and how can I continue to be part of the solution? Because it truly is unconscious bias. I cannot, it's the depths of unconscious bias to me are just wells and wells of untapped. It literally is like our petroleum system. There, There's pockets of petroleum that we will never find. Like there's, mm-hmm. a, that's the level of, of bias that I have. That there's just no way in my lifetime I can tap into all of it but I'm just going to keep mining this section of it that I found and try to work through my bias and, 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 and the humility and the ignorance and the surrender to my own naivety for my own growth and for the growth of my, of the, the humans that I get to interact with in my lifetime. So, so I just cannot, the reason why I'm so excited about this is I cannot tell you, Tammy, cause you haven't heard about this, just truly how transformative that was for me, you know, on a, on a human level, on a spiritual level, you know, emotional cognitive level, it was just, truly a transformative experience and it was orchestrated because of curtis's presence and and casey to that point i really want to hear for those that haven't got to be in attendance for kurt for you to kind of get into at least some of the topics you cover that really do help people really get a more broadened perspective and deep perspective that would be really helpful but before we do i just want to say casey that's it takes a incredible amount of surrender in that moment to do that as a trainer and having done at least just one of those classes that is an incredible ability to facilitate and so i just want to highlight and affirm that as well as in that process just the amount of empathy you had to just get into and how critical that is when you aren't relying on your experience as a human to relate to them right and like how normal that is to do right and and then you said something that was so powerful that also Kurt when we were talking about what to talk about today you were mentioning how you want to talk about this topic of people being unconscious of their own uh, internal stuff preventing uh, systems change and justice change and I just wanted to highlight that you could talk about possible topics related to that too if you wanted to because Casey you said disempowering the system and essentially not disempowering the self. And it's just such a powerful combination to have more self accountability to not disempower yourself, but instead focus on disempowering the system with what you have control over. And it's just such an empowering message, but that's very high direction. And you could come in professing that and maybe be somewhat accurate theoretically, but that doesn't mean it's going to be evoked like you did, which is so critical to this whole process of what you are walking, Kurt. And that's what I would really enjoy hearing you talk more about. What are the topics you cover? How do you walk that line of internal, external 
processing of these things for the people in the in the training and then how do you do that with community partners and how do you even go about that it's just such a tight rope to walk that's a lot of questions john go yeah. <laughs> i'm taking notes but i'm not keeping up i'm just being real <laughs> I love it. oh well you know man so much is, i mean you know yet this is the thing right so this is you know it gets back to kind of you know, my, my kind of give it, giving it everything that I have plus, right. Is because it is so complex. It is, you know, we're dealing with ways of thinking and social constructs and generational momentum. That's, that's got four or 500 years plus going into it. Right. And we're dealing with generations of human beings who have, who have at least been have have several generations of being exposed to these kinds of trends then you also have the epigenetics yes occurring in all of that right so it's like how's that all playing out so as a yeah. as a human being you know john when you were talking about it and in case you talked about it too right is like feeling like i'm walking a tightrope excuse me hell yeah i am and rightly so and one of the things that I had to really encounter, and I continue to encounter this out of necessity, uh, especially the necessity of the unconscious bias and the deep well of that, because we're absorbing information at 11, billion, 11 million bits per second unconsciously in every experience, right? And human beings just don't, we've not been trained with that general knowledge. Right. Right. And so then when you start layering the uh, trauma and the justice involvement and whatever else has come along in that particular one human being's experience, that's, that's been the exposure rate of that has been that 11 million bits per second. And so that creates that deep well and yeah. being cognizant of that as I'm engaging in this work, I also had to go, hey, okay, there's no way that I can do this work on any level without making sure that I'm willing to do the work within me. And one of the things that, that, that I was able to articulate for myself is an invitation to do a work in me as I'm doing a work around me. Yes. Mm. Right. Wow. And that continuing to be, you know, the, the, the necessary foundational trend and yet also making sure that I'm walking that thin line or that tightrope of, of that I'm being self-aware yet not self-centered. That's it for part one of this podcast. Make sure to listen in a few weeks for part two. Thank you for listening to the Communication Solution Podcast. As always, this podcast is all about you. So if you have questions, thoughts, topic suggestions, ideas, please send them our way at Casey at IFIOC.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y at IFIOC.com. For more resources, feel free to check out IFIOC.com. We also have a public Facebook group called Motivational Interviewing Every Day. We have an amazing blog and we have lots of communication tips on our website. In addition to all these amazing resources, we do offer online public courses on our website on motivational interviewing and effective communication strategies. Thanks for listening to the Communication Solution by IFIOC.